enough to receive it. Now, I don't know about you, but I could use one of them kind. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Father, in Jesus' name, help me help them. Help me help me. God, I pray that you'll just help us to all glean in this truth. Take this and use it. This is not good preaching material. This is good practicing material. God, I pray that you'll help us. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to mature. Help us to develop. Help us to trust you in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I have a, I have a phone. I have a phone uh, that most of the stuff, I don't even know how to use this stupid thing. But I have a little girl. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all know that little people know more to do with them things than the man that created them? It's amazing what they can do with it. It's amazing what they find out. It's amazing how they take this stuff and use it. And uh, she said, Daddy, I want to show you a game. I want to show you a game on here. And she says it's called Temple Run. Temple Run. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Temple Run. Raise your hand. Oh, yeah, y'all gamers in here. Amen. How many of y'all never heard of Temple Run? Never heard of Temple Run? Oh, my goodness. Now, that, that can't be that many. There was more than that to raise a while ago. Now, some of y'all are double-minded in all your ways. Amen. Well, she gave me this game and, and said, now, now, Daddy, these monsters are going to come out this tunnel, and they're chasing you. And, and the key to this thing is getting the coins, and you get the coins, and you jump to trees, and you jump to crevices, and you jump and run, and, and it's just rough. Are y'all with me? Now, go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. They see them monsters? Go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. See them? They are after you. And... And I found out, I found out, I wasn't worried about them coins. I was trying to stay away from them monsters. Because my hand-eye coordination wasn't good enough. And, 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 and I said, no, I'm going to just stay right here. I'm not going to move to the left. I'm not going to move to the right. I don't care where the coin is. I'm going to survive. I'm not here trying to win the game. I'm not trying to get the high score. I'm not trying to blow the thing up. I'm just trying to keep them monsters off my back. I need a witness. There was one fatal flaw in the whole deal. It's by getting the coins that gives you the strength and speed to stay away from the monsters. Now be serious. Now I need y'all be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen. Isn't that just like life? Here we are going through life with monsters chasing us. Power bill. Food bill. Gas bill. Electric bill. People calling and sending bill after bill after bill. And they just chasing you down. And here's what happens. We get afraid. Our mentality changes. Our mentality changes. God wants us to have a conquering mentality. God wants us to have a cup running over mentality. God wants us to have a more than enough mentality. God is a God of more than enough. God is not on a budget. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he wants his children to live in a place and a situation of prosperity. But yet when the monsters start chasing us, we lose position and we don't care about going ahead. We don't care about prospering anymore. All we're trying to do is survive. And that's commendable, but it's wrong. And, and I found out this by playing that game. I found out this, that if I don't get in the right position to get what I need, get them coins that I need, them monsters are going to catch me anyhow. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. I want to preach on positioning for prosperity. Now, many of y'all, because of the way people on TV have stolen and they're thieves and they're charlatans and they have abused the people of God and they've taken away, they don't want to talk about prosperity anymore because they, they just don't want to be proclaimed and labeled as a prosperity preacher. Well, I've come to tell y'all, I don't care. If it's in the Bible, I'm going to preach it. I don't care what they're doing wrong. I'm going to preach truth. Now, guess what? Write these things down real quickly. Write these things down. Number one, the word prosperity, the word prosperity is a simple definition. It means the condition of being successful or thriving. The condition of being successful or thriving. Watch what the Bible says. Number one, there's a proof we need to examine. 
There's some things, there's Bible words. Let's do a Bible study this morning. There's a proof we need to examine. Deuteronomy 29, 9. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may, help me now, that ye may prosper in all that ye do. In all that ye do. 2 Chronicles 26, 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to Ooh, you seen a trend? Joshua 1, 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way, and then thou shalt have good what? Psalms 1. I love this one. I love this one. Psalms 1, 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God wants you to prosper. God wants you, and I looked up that word, the Hebrew word, prosper, that we just seen several times in the scriptures. This is what it means, to break out or to go over to be profitable. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a breakout blessing, a go over blessing. Psalm says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want, that means I have just enough I have what I need I have just enough but then if you will watch the progression of that chapter you will see he goes through some dark places but when he's coming out on the other side he says now my cup is it's breaking out it's going over it's in a place of prosperity it's in a place of abundance Jesus said the thief cometh but to steal kill and destroy the thief wants you to have a survival mode the thief wants you to have a survival mentality the thief wants you to have a mentality that God is just going to let me barely get by I'm just going to survive this crisis but God said I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly I am an abundant God I have abundant grace I have abundant mercy I have an abundant supply but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory God wants us to prosper God wants us to prosper we got to believe that you got to believe it when I say that because if you keep that other mentality you will never strive to get out of it listen positioning I was over here I didn't want to move because every time I move I run into the tree I didn't care about the coins I just want to keep the monsters off my back but what I failed to realize, if I didn't get the coins, the monster is going to catch me faster. And because of fear, we clam up and we don't do what we need to do. We don't position ourselves. Say, what do you mean by positioning? Watch this. There is a pattern that we see all through the scripture. In this chapter, the Bible says that the nation of Israel was being disciplined. They, they were operating under a curse. They would make $10 and, it, and they would have $15 worth of bills. Everything they come in, they take one step forward, two steps back. The Bible even declared it and described it in a way that you buy, you buy and you strive and you work hard to put in pockets with holes in it. Anybody got them kind of britches? And he said, the harder you work, the less you make. Why? That's what happens under a curse. And he said, the reason you're under a curse is because you have neglected the tithes and offerings. The word tithe means a tenth. A tenth. One tenth. Ten percent. You say, well, preacher, now I know you're going to start that tithing stuff. Now, now, that's Old Testament stuff, and we're New Testament Christians. All right, I'll, I'll get with that in just a second. Keep that thought. Do you realize that tithing was a part of life even before the law was even instituted and commanded? You see, Abraham started it. Abraham commenced the tithes. In Genesis 14, Abraham gave tithes. That's the first mention that we see the word tithe. Abraham commenced it in Genesis 14. He is the father of faith, by the way. We, he is our spiritual father. Uh, Jacob continued it in Genesis 28. He said, God, I'm going to give you a tenth of all that I have. Moses commanded it in Leviticus 27. Malachi confirmed it in Malachi chapter 3, what we just read. 
Jesus commended it in Matthew 23. Jesus said, you ought to have done the tithes and the, and, and, and the other issues. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And, and this is what people say. Oh, that's Old Testament stuff. If you will study the scriptures, you'll find out that the tithe was a bare minimum. It was the minimum. That's where they started. And in the New Testament, the New Testament, if you want to be a New Testament Christian, that's fine. Uh, 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 that is where they started. They went above and beyond the tithe. Some scholars believe up to 33%. Y'all New Testament people getting awful quiet. What's the point? Here's the point. Here's the point. It's, it's, it's easy, and there's no, there's no question about it. You can look through it with, with very great confidence. You can see that tithing was a pattern of God's people giving back to God and appreciation to Him for what He's done for them. And by the way, here's the mentality a tither has. All that I have is God's. The wrong mentality is this. This is mine, and I'm going to give Him a little bit. Wrong. Wrong. Well, I got the job. I did it. I earned it. God gave you the health. God gave you the wisdom. God gave you the job. And by the way, at any moment, he can take all three of them. How do you know that? This is what, this is what Job said. Richest man in the east. Richest man in the east. It was all taken away from him in the moment of twinkling of an eye. At one point in his life, it was all gone, taken away from him. He was now broke. One who had everything, and now he's broke. One who was a multimillionaire in today's talking, in today's vernacular, and now he is dead broke. This is what he said. This is what he said. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return. God giveth, God took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what he's saying? I came in this world with nothing, and whatever I got, God gave it to me. And when I leave, I'm not going to leave with anything. Whatever he sees fit to do, he done it. He gave, what, what, what am I saying? He had the right attitude. Everything that I own, everything that you own is God's. So what, well, did that help him with his attitude? Yeah, because God gave him twice as much as he had before because he trusted God with it. And here we have a pattern. We have a pattern of giving. Now here's where, here's where we have a problem. Here's where we have a problem. People are getting out of position for the favor of God in their life because monsters are coming. Bills come. Situations come. The economy just crashes. But watch this. This nation was founded on the word of God. This nation was founded on biblical principles. I don't care what Congress is doing right here. I don't care what the White House is doing. I don't care what them ungodly bunch of I don't care what none of them are doing right now. I'm telling you, people came to this continent because they were fleeing oppression and they were coming for religious liberty and freedom to worship God the way the Bible says. And because of that commitment, because of that desire, God has blessed America. God blessed America with resources that no other country's ever had. God put his blessings on America because they put him first. But America has turned its back on God. America is doing its very dead level best to get God out of everything. Now watch, now is this a coincidence? That now our nation is one of the greatest debtors on the planet? When we put God first, in God we trust. When we founded everything on biblical principles, we were the richest nation on, in the world. More resources than any country. But now that we've taken God out of everything, we owe more debt than our great-great-great-grandchildren will ever pay off. Could it be that our country is now under a curse? You see, they quit following the pattern. They got out of position for prosperity. They got out of a place where God, and by the way, guys, I know a lot of y'all quote that, but my God shall supply all my need, and you might as well quit quoting it because God's not obligated that verse if you're not doing your part. God is not obligated to support you and meet your need if you're stealing from him. There are conditional promises in the Bible and there are unconditional promises. And it's amazing to me, we'll take little bits and pieces out of here and say, Oh God, God's going to supply my need and he ain't heard from us in a month. There's a pattern. Can y'all see the pattern? It's very clear. From Abraham 
Listen, all throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, and like I said, if you want to say let's talk about the New Testament, it's fine. We can talk about the New Testament. They were selling houses and property and bringing that and giving that. So I'm just saying the tenth is a bare minimum. Watch this. Watch this. I wonder why our nation's in such a mess. In 1933, during the Great Depression, it was bad. Would you all agree? During the Great Depression, evangelicals gave 3.2% of their income to the work of God. 3.2. By 2004, by 2004, America was 555% better than they were during the Great Depression. Economically, with materialistic things and that type of thing, 555% better off than they were during the Great Depression. Now, obviously, since God's been that good to us, we're going to be better in our giving. Guess what? We dropped a whole percentage point in generosity in giving. We went from 3.2 to 2.2 after God has been 555% better to us. George Barna. George Barna said this. It's the guy that does all the surveys and all that stuff. And, 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 and this is what he said. Only 8% of Christians give a tenth of their income. 8%. Wonder why we can't build a building. Wonder why we can't take care of the missions like it needs to be taken care of and why we're struggling getting the gospel to every creature. 8%. That means 92% of people are not even given the bare minimum of what is expected for the work of the Lord to go on. And we wonder why we're in bad shape. We are out of position. Now, there is a secret to getting in the right position. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in the right position for it all. Has anybody in here ever took one of them showers when they weren't no water pressure? Had like a, a little weak, anemic stream coming out of that thing? And you had, to, you, had to, you had to do moves that would make Michael Jackson jealous to get it off. I mean, you know, soap it all over and you turn that shower on and it just, it, it's like a, a, a blue jay was spitting at you. That's what, I mean, you just, and you had to get just right to get, y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know about you, but I want to position myself in such a way that God's going to prop the windows open. That's the kind of life I want to live because I believe the Bible. Now, some of y'all have matured enough in your faith that you believe, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but you ain't grown up enough to believe that God will prop the windows of heaven open and pour you out a blessing you can't receive. But it's in the same Bible. And it's got the same author, the Holy Ghost. I felt God right there. I'm telling you, right there. Why don't we just believe it all? Why don't we believe it from cover to cover? When God said it, let's believe it, and that settles it. What's the problem? Number three, listen, we saw a proof to examine, a pattern to explore. We see a pattern of giving throughout the whole Bible. Then I want you to see a priority we exercise. This is going to be fun. Listen, a priority we exercise. <clears throat> Turn with me to Matthew chapter number six, real quick, real quick. Matthew chapter number six. This point right here is going to be worth your time and effort to get in the house of God today. Some of y'all are going to believe so blessed and so helped and so encouraged because you're going to see, whoo, that's where I've been messing up. And this is going to, I'm telling you, this is going to change your life. And the reason I know that is because God can't lie. I was going to say he won't lie, but he can't lie. And this is what he said. Now watch this, Matthew chapter number 6. See if y'all can relate to this. See if y'all can relate to this. Matthew chapter number 6. Verse 19, <clears throat> lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. What's he saying? Don't get so caught up with things and stuff and invest everything in stuff. 
Now, this is not because I think God doesn't want us to have stuff. God's not against stuff. God's for stuff. God's going to bless you so you can get stuff. But God's not for you having stuff. God is against stuff having you. And we get so caught up with things that are temporary. We get so caught up with things that's going to go away. How many of y'all have noticed that 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 new car rusts? And that new house will rot. And all these things will go away. All these things will wear out. All these things will expire. And what God is saying, he's not saying you can't have stuff. He's just saying don't spend all your finances and your resources on stuff that's going to go away and you won't have no more. Put it up in heaven so it will be there when you get there. Here we are, we're wasting resources, wasting stuff. I'm not against stuff. I got some stuff, and I like my stuff, and I, 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 I hope I can get some more stuff. But I'm not going to jeopardize my ability to be generous and help people and don't think, now, now I know some of y'all don't think I never give an offering, but I give an offering, but I can't give it all three times. Are y'all with me? I give it. I, I'm up here on this platform, and I know the usher, usher don't come up here, but I promise you, I give very generously. And God helps me to do that, and I want to do that. And the reason that God has given me stuff is because I've been generous. And my point is this, I'm not going to let this stuff keep me from helping people. And I want to help people, and I want to give to the cause of Christ. I want to see people, missionaries, go to the field and help somebody who ain't never heard the gospel, hear the gospel. I'm for that. And the point is this, I want to lay treasures up there. I want stuff there waiting on me when I get there. I don't want to waste all my stuff down here that's going to rust, rot, and go away in 80 years, and it's gone, and me be up in, in eternal glory forever and ever and ever with empty hands. Amen? Watch this. He goes on to say, he goes on to say in verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. In other words, you can't worship God and worship money and worship materialistic things. All right? Watch this. I like this. Therefore, I say, and you take no thought for your life. This is what that means. This is what that means. You're going to hear it three times in this chapter. Y'all don't worry about it. Don't worry. How many of y'all have had a big bill or a big situation with a doctor, or a big need that you had, and you come talk to somebody, and they just try to be super spiritual, and they say, oh, don't worry about that. Don't you want to just punch him right in the face? God's got it under control. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I know it, and I'm fixing You best get out of my face, amen? That's what, that's what needs to happen. Super spiritual. I, he's still working on me. To make, <laughs> don't it irritate you, though? Don't worry. My children want to eat every day. I mean, not even every other day. They want to eat every day. Don't worry. Watch what he says. He says it. This is, what color is your writing? Who's talking? Jesus. He says, don't worry about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. Now, ain't a lot of stuff I worry about, but getting something to eat, I worry about that. I, want, I don't like going hungry. I'm just going to tell you. Nor yet for your body, what you should put on, that's clothes. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Check them out. Check them birds out. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? I know that's the truth. I always wanted to be six foot. But you can't worry and grow a centimeter. You can't do it. He said, you can't add to your stature. If that was the case, I'd be six foot four and gorgeous. Say amen. Worry won't do nothing for you. Worry is a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you nowhere. He said, don't even worry about it. It ain't going to change nothing. Worrying will not change a thing. Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory, in other words, his royal attire, Solomon, in all that the riches of Solomon could make in his clothing, was not as gorgeous as what God does for the flowers of the field. <laughs> Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass in the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, in other words, temporary, shall he not, what's in two words? How much? Does that sound like prosperity to you? It didn't say, shall he barely get you by? Did it? 
I'm trying to prove a point. He shall much more clothe you, O ye little faith. Therefore, take no thought. Here he goes again. Don't worry. What we shall eat or what we shall drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But here's the key. Remember I told you there's a secret to getting in the right position? For favor, watch. But seek ye, but seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now let me read you a story, and we're going we're gonna to pray. There's a story of a, a, in the Old Testament about a prophet and a widow during a time of famine and lack and need and a desperate situation. It hadn't rained in three years. Three years. I mean, it's bad, bad, bad. When we say the economy's bad, it's worse than the Great Depression. Bad. God sends the prophet. God sends the prophet to this widow. In 1 Kings 17, it says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zion, and dwell there. Behold, I commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Three, three, three years ain't rain. Drought situation. And he says, give me some water. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now, first off, he's asking for water. They've been in three years of drought. And now he said, by the way, why are you going there and do that? Won't you make me a sandwich? Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'd have to say that was a little audacious, wouldn't you say? And look what she says. This is, this is I mean, you, you, can't, you can't even get this in, in, in National Enquirer. I mean, this is good stuff. you got to read your Bible. And she said, as the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake. But a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Look, dude. I got enough for me and my boy for one meal. And we're going to die. That's all we got. We're not in a surplus. We're not in an overabundant situation. All I have is enough for me and him, and now we're going to die. And then the prophet said, fear not, go and do as thou said, but make me therefore a little cake first. Are y'all getting this? She just said we got enough for us to eat, and then we're going to die. But then he says, that ain't no problem. You just make mine first. Now, you see, most of y'all, y'all don't, y'all, y'all don't get this. But here you are with not enough in the cupboard, and you come to church, and God is expecting you to give to him first. I know what's coming. I know what I got. You telling me. I want you to give to me first. This was a challenge, but this was also an opportunity. Because if she wouldn't have trusted God and took advantage of the opportunity, she would have died. Her and her son would have died, but watch what happens. She believed him. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of wool fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat. Ooh. Now she only had enough. She only had enough for one meal and die. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crucible fail not, according to the word of God, which he spake by Elijah. Let's, let's draw it all together. Most people to come to my office with financial problems. First thing I say, have you been tithing? Have you been giving God what belongs to him? 
Have you been tithing? Have you been giving? Now, we've already established that tithe is the bare minimum. Have you been doing that? And most of the time, most of the time, 98% of the time, this is, what, this is the response I get. I cannot afford to tithe. I cannot afford to tithe. Okay, let's, let's put this on, on the board. Let's put this on the board. Knowing, knowing what we just read in Matthew 6 and knowing what we just read with the prophets, watch this, all right? Let's put our needs up here. I'm going to start with the first one, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to start with the first one, and this is number one on my list. That's important to me. How many of y'all need food? Mm-hmm. I can walk somewhere. I need food. Food. What do we need? Give me a need. Clothes. Got it. Can't be naked. Amen. Got to have some clothes. All right. All right, let's put water with food. Let's put water with food. All right. Shelter. All right. House. Got to have rent, house, mortgage, whatever. Got to have a house. Okay. Power. You got to have some ability to cook the food. All right. What else? A car. You got to have a car to go get the food. All right. What else? No, this is what we're spending. What? Gas, gas. You got to have gas in the car to go get the food. All right, got to have, boy, that's a biggie too, man. That's a, but insurance, insurance. There we go. Got to have some insurance. All right. What's that? Phone to call for pizza. Amen. All right. And by the way, I introduced Jalen to corn fritters too. He ain't never had one. Woo, that's what I'm talking about. All right, phone, insurance, gas, car, power, house, clothes, food. What are, are we missing anything? Have y'all? No, we don't need no internet. That ain't no necessity. That ain't no necessity. And, and we need to get that. We got, we've got food poisoning. We've got an apple problem. Say amen. Internet ain't no necessity. If you pay for your internet before you get groceries, shame on you and you need a whooping. We're talking about bare necessities. We ain't toys. We ain't talking about four-wheelers and boats and all that. This is bare necessities. What, can you think of anything else? What was it? Taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Or they will give you three hots in a cot. Amen. All right. By the way, that's that's jail for y'all that don't know what that means. Three meals and a cot sleep in. All right. Anybody else miss anything? All right. We'll, we'll, I'll get back to that. Medicine. Yes, medicine. All right. Let's put that there. Okay. Now, that's a that's about that about gets it, doesn't? It? I mean, that, other than that, is usually extra things or whatever. And, and when you're in a survival mode, when you're in a survival mode, this is what we focus on. Am I right? This is what we should. It's what we should. People that have their priorities in order, this is, what, this is what you should do. All right? Now, monsters are chasing us. These are monsters, aren't they? And they're very persistent, aren't they? Watch this. This is, this is a response. This is what happens. This is what happens in the counseling session. Well, when I got this and I pay that and I pay that and I pay that, and, and, and by the time I get here... I don't have anything, and if I have something left, then I will give it to, I'll give it to God. If I have something left, and I want to give something to God, I desire to give something to God, but preacher, it just seems like when I get down the list at the end of the thing, I don't have anything, okay, the secret the secret to getting in position for the favor of God and blessings on your life. All right, who's doing the providing right here? No. You ain't gave him nothing yet. Who's doing it? We are. 
We're trying to do this in our ability. We're trying to do this with our effort and our resources. And we always end up with not because we got God out of position. Matthew 6 says, seek ye. The prophet said, now if you want to you have an abundance and you want to make it through this deal, you need to make mine. So what we got to do is get him in the right position. Now, watch what happens. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. Now, let me ask you a question. When he is not first, you're trying to add these things. And you never have, but if you will put him first, it is his responsibility then to take care of these. The little lad came to Jesus with one lunch, and he was willing by faith to sacrifice it and give it up and put it in Jesus' hand, but when he went home, he had six baskets on each arm. The widow had to have faith to put God first. See, this is a challenge of faith. She didn't have to. She wasn't forced to. But God gave her an opportunity to exercise her faith, and because she exercised her faith and put her confidence in God, God supplied her need. Now, here's the question. Quit saying this. I can't afford to do this. Yes, you can. You just got him out of place. If you will put him first, if you will pay him first, if you will place him first in priority in your life, in every area of your life, he is now responsible for all of these. And I promise you this, it's like the little story. I've told this before, but it fits too good here not to tell it again. Y'all remember the story? Little John in the supermarket? That big bowl of bubble gum? Little Johnny's mama come by and, and they're standing in line and that big bubble gum there and that big bowl of bubble gum and, 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 and the supermarket manager standing there, big old rough gruff fella. He says, go ahead, Johnny, get you a handful. I got this. Little Johnny just stared at him. He said, no, go ahead. I got this. It's all right. I, I, I'll take care of it. He just stared at him. His mama said, boy, get you a handful. He wouldn't do nothing. He just looked and stared back at the, at the manager. And that manager said, oh, my goodness, and reached his hand down in there and little Johnny opened up his shirt. He poured all them, them bubblegum balls in his shirt and walked outside with a grin a possum couldn't eat. Say amen. And his mama said, boy, what in the world's wrong with you? Why didn't you get that? He said, his hands were bigger than mine. Now, let me ask you a question. Whose hands do you want taking care of this stuff? You keep trying it on your own, and you stay out of position. And I know you're out of position because you're scared. You're fearful because the monsters are coming. And, oh, if I can just take care of myself, I can just pay this and just scrap by, and I'll just get this. And, oh, if I, no, 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 no. We need to move over and put God where he needs to be so I can get my favor from God. And I'm telling you, God can handle the monsters. You remember them devourers we talked about? God said, I will rebuke the devourers. I will open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing you can't receive. Not only that, I'm going to rebuke the devourers. That was grasshoppers, that was locusts, that was things that would come in, pests that would come in and creep in and, and eat up all of the profit because it was an agricultural society. They grew crops, wheat and grain, barley, corn. Are y'all with me? And they would come in and they would, I mean, the harder they were, they would come in and eat up the profits. You know what they are today? It's not grasshoppers and pests and locusts, it's a, a dentist appointment. It's a carburetor that gets clogged up that you got to go pay for now. 
It's a washing machine that breaks and falls apart and throws water all over the floor. And that's something you didn't plan and you didn't anticipate. And here it is. I'm trying to pay my bills. I'm trying to take care of my needs. I'm trying to do all of this. But this is happening. That's happening. And you know what God said he would do? If you'll put me first, I'll take care of the munchies. If you put me first, I'll take care of the devourers. If you put me first, I'll keep your car running. If you'll put me first, I'll keep you healthy where you won't have to go to the doctor. If you'll put me first. You want provision? Hey, I'm just I, everything I read out of the Bible. You gonna get mad at somebody? Get mad at God. Are you in position for God to bless you and for God to pour His favor on you? You say, "How do I get in position?" Just get Him in the right position. Never again say, "I can't afford to do that." Just put him where he needs to be. Put him first. Pay him first. Do right by him first. Put him as a priority in your life. And say, okay, God, how are you going to do this down here? Because now it's your responsibility. And guess what? He'll never let you down. Watch this. We're done. Malachi 3 says he'll open the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing you can't receive. Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And by the way, in that same chapter, it, it also says, trust the Lord with all your heart. So it takes faith and trust to do this. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. I mean, that means put him first, first fruits. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Luke 6, 38. Jesus is speaking. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. What's the point? The point is this. If you want to change what you get, you got to change what you give. The Bible says very clearly in Corinthians, it says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap, they that sow bountifully shall let me tell you something my dad told me this a long time ago and I'm done you will never ever outgive God how many of y'all heard the verse in the Bible that says be not deceived God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap the only time I've ever heard it growing up in my whole entire life was about sin bless God you get out there and sow that stuff you're going to reap that and and you can apply that, but that's not what that's talking about. In that chapter, go read it. He's talking about giving. He's talking about giving and generosity. He's saying this, God is not mocked. In other words, the word mocked means bad mouth. Nobody would ever say, God owes me. God ain't going to owe anybody. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. God's not going to be bad mouth. Nobody's going to, he's not going to owe anybody. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also. If you give, you're going to get. You put one kernel in the ground, you get a whole ear. Somebody do the math. That's the God we serve. Now here's what you're going to do. You're going to make, it, you're going to make up your mind today. I'm either going to believe it or I'm not. Because if you believe it, you're going to practice it. If you don't, you're not. But don't complain at the end of this year if you're in the same shape and the same situation you're in today at the end of the year because you didn't practice God's word. Don't complain to God. Because God is wanting to set you up today for prosperity, but you've got to practice what we preach. Amen? Father, help me today. Help me to preach your truth. Help me to preach your word. Help me to preach it gun barrel straight in a way that we can understand it, in a way that it's clear. And obvious. Now, God, this is the part where the rubber meets the road. We've got to apply it. We've got to practice it. Preaching on prosperity don't work unless we, we apply what we learn. And God, I pray that your will be done today. I pray that your touch will be felt today. I pray that your, your guidance and your wisdom will be felt today. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet.
We're going to give you an opportunity today to join. We've got people joining in every service. If you, if you are here today and you feel like this is where God wants you to be, we want you to come. We will take care of that today. If you need to be saved, if you need to be saved, maybe God is speaking to your heart about salvation and trusting Him. Come on, we've got people at this altar. Be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Maybe you just need to pray. Maybe you just need to ask God for courage to have faith, courage to apply what you learn, courage to put your trust in Him and not in things of this earth. Won't you come as we sing? This is your invitation. We've got people here that will be glad to pray with you. If you need to pray, if you need to come, if God is moving in your heart, God is moving in your heart, won't you come? Say, preach, I need to be saved. Come on. I'm the preacher, and you say, oh, he's a preacher. God does it. I can, I can bring Brother Buchanan up, 
And he can tell you story after story after story that took place because you put God first and what God will do for you. Let me tell you something. God will always do more for you than what you can do for yourself. Always. Amen? Let's pray. God, bless this offering. Lord, we're giving our tithes. We're giving our offering. We're giving, uh, Lord, what we can uh, to you for you to use it to feed people, use it to save people, use it to help people, use it for your glory to get the kingdom built. God, we trust you and we believe in you and we're going to practice what we're preaching today. We are not giving. We're investing. God, we are investing in the kingdom. We're investing in things and we know with every investment there's always a return. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, God. Some that morning we shall see Jesus in the air. He's coming after you and me. Joy is ours to share. One rejoicing there will be when the saints shall rise. Oh, I shout it on that happy morning when we all shout.